The gospel reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 11. Listen for the word of God as it might speak to you this day. Now when Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and proclaim his message in their cities. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Imprisonment can come in many forms. Imprisonment in body, in mind, in spirit. Imprisonment that strips a person of their independence, their voice, their faculties, their purpose. Imprisonment that depletes the soul's integrity and dignity. This is where we find Jesus' cousin, Jesus' trumpeter and champion, John the Baptist, on this third Sunday of Advent. John has been thrown into the dungeons of the fortress of Machaerus in the mountains near the Dead Sea by Herod. John's crime? Calling Herod out on his unacceptable behavior. Ah, John. From the time he was shaped in Elizabeth's womb, John was always expressive and emphatic. He leapt in Elizabeth's womb when Mary, pregnant with Jesus, came to visit. As a young adult discerning his vocation as a prophet, John chose to spend time in the wilderness where he lived an ascetic lifestyle subsisting on locust and wild honey, dressing in camel hair as he listened for God's call upon him. John, who then emerged from the desert, his voice crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, an end times prophet, calling people to repent because God's final judgment was near. In Bethany, across the Jordan, when people responded to John's warning and he baptized them. He didn't lay hands and sprinkle water on them, but he immersed their whole bodies in water, washing them clean, preparing them as they waited for the Messiah who would come at any moment. John, the young Jewish prophet who broke what biblical scholars state was a 400-year silence. John sees Jesus walking toward him, and he says, here is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. John, the moral compass, the truth teller, unabashedly calling people out. And in this morning's lectionary, John is in prison for rebuking the Eastern despot Herod for his immoral behavior, seducing his sister-in-law and then marrying her. John, once so animated, so vocal, so certain of his role in announcing the reign of God, ushering in God's judgment so that people would repent and return, John heralding the beginning of Jesus' ministry, now silenced, hushed, no more certainty. John is in prison and in the not-too-distant future will be beheaded. 
I wonder what went through his mind as he sat in that cell. Alone, isolated, no longer a leader. Surely this was not what he thought would be the culmination of his ministry. Have you ever been imprisoned in mind, in body, in spirit? I know that I have at times. And when we are isolated physically, mentally, or spiritually, when we are left alone with our own thoughts, those thoughts can get quite dark. Our minds can take us to those worst-case scenarios. Our hearts can become despondent. Our spirits can be suffocated by the silence. We lack understanding or the knowledge we need to hold on to hope. Imprisonment twists our ability to think clearly, think beyond present circumstances that hijacked true understanding of what could be because what is is paralyzing or unthinkable and we cannot see a way through or what the future might hold. Imprisonment rattles our understanding of what we thought was our life's path. John the Baptist certainly must have been rattled by the current situation. For he had been so certain, so sure, so convicted in his understanding of who the Messiah was to be. And yet now nothing was what he expected. Have you or someone you loved had a period in life that felt like every fiber of your soul, your convictions of who you were and who you were supposed to be were broken into a million pieces? by life circumstances. It happens every day. It happens when what we have counted on to be true to how daily rhythms of life are wrecked by forces beyond our control. The accident that leaves someone paralyzed, the termination of employment due to a budget cut, the realization that our child has a mental health concern and will need lifelong care the unfaithful partner whose emotional or physical affair is exposed, the diagnosis of advanced cancer by a young parent who wonders what will happen to the children when I die, the miscarriage. With all of those circumstances comes some form of isolation, imprisoned by our minds, thoughts, or our physical bodies, or our spirits. Because now all that we've counted on is stripped away. The sure and certain knowledge is shaky at best. This is when isolation and imprisonment can make us feel alone and often afraid. And we are often fearful to voice our deepest doubts. And when we doubt, the darkness can set in. With darkness and doubt can come despair. What I appreciate most about this passage from the lectionary on this third Sunday of Advent is that John the Baptist voices what he is thinking, what he is wondering, what he is questioning, because everything is different than what he expected the Messiah to be. The disciples come to prison, his disciples come to the prison, and they tell John what is happening, and John sends them back with a question. Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? John's expectations for the Messiah were ones of a fiery judgment and a mighty reign 
that would end the Romans' oppression over God's chosen people. John expected Jesus to come to the world and save people in a certain way. But that's not what he's hearing from the disciples. Instead of the Messiah being a powerful king who saves the day and overthrows those in charge, John learns that the chosen one uses his power to be present, uses his hands and his heart to listen, to eat with sinners, to welcome the marginalized and befriend the outcast, touches the blind and restores their sight, heals the lepers, makes those with mental illness whole again. Jesus' actions are his response to John's question, are you the one? He does not tell John's disciples creeds and acclamations of his mighty power, that he is the son of God. He tells them to share with John, what do you see and hear? Actions that undergird unabashed and unconditional love. This Advent season, the gospel reading calls us to relinquish our preconceived notions of who Jesus is supposed to be and how Jesus will free us from our imprisonment. Whatever that imprisonment is, whatever holds us captive, it is no match for the one who comes to set us free. We will need to set aside our expectations and listen and look for Jesus with fresh eyes and open hearts. Many of you have seen the recent release of the movie In the Neighborhood. It gives us a glimpse of what this might mean to look and listen with fresh ears and eyes. How to see and hear good news of Jesus' life among us and love for us may not be what we are thinking it should be. In the Neighborhood is a movie loosely based on Fred Rogers, who we all are very proud of because he was a Presbyterian pastor. He also was the television children program persona who taught children, educated them how to voice their feelings about things. In the movie, he befriends a very cynical, negative journalist named Lloyd Vogel, who is a fictional character based loosely on a relationship that Fred Rogers did have but the storyline is fictional. The journalist has a bad reputation, and they assign him to interview Fred Rogers, who is the nicest, kindest man anyone has ever met. They thought it would be a joke. But Fred Rogers, as only Fred Rogers could, sees into Lloyd's eyes, and he sees an imprisonment of sorts. Lloyd's imprisonment is that in his childhood, he had a terrible relationship with his father. And as an adult, it has left Lloyd jaded and unable to see goodness, kindness, and beauty in people. I won't spoil it for you, and I hope you'll go see it. But what is important for me out of that storyline are true words from Red Rod Fred Rogers as he talks to Lloyd. He tells Lloyd something that can bring him out of that prison. He says, if it is mentionable, it is manageable. In other words, if you can muster up the courage to bespeak your darkest worries, your fears, your disappointments, and how you thought life should have been, then you can dismantle those should-haves, and you can begin to heal 
You can begin to break free of the imprisonment of how Christ was supposed to show up and maybe didn't. And then maybe, just maybe, this Advent, you can begin to hear and see Jesus right there with you in whatever that is that holds you captive. For that's the promise. The promise of the Christ child is that God is with us, Emmanuel. Theologian Henry Nouwen describes it this way. The Lord is coming, always coming. When you have ears to hear and eyes to see, you will recognize him at any moment of your life. Life is Advent. Life is recognizing the coming of the Lord. The Lord is coming, always coming. When you have ears to hear and eyes to see, you will recognize him at any moment in your life. Life is Advent. Life is recognizing the coming of the Lord. This Advent season, let us set aside preconceived notions of who the Messiah is supposed to be. And even how you think you are supposed to be as a child of God. And how those around you are supposed to be as children of God. Let us all open our eyes and our ears. What do you see and what do you hear? Life is Advent and life is recognizing the coming of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.